this is the People and Planet podcast, where we share stories from around the world about what is it that we can do to not only heal our planet, but to heal ourselves. My name is Alexandra Guerra. I'm an entrepreneur in the climate change space, and I believe that we must absolutely address what is stopping us from healing ourselves as people and societies and communities in order for us to enact real global change whether it's economical or climate change. This is a hobby project for me, um, and I hope you enjoy it. If there's something in particular you'd like to hear about, please feel free to reach out to us. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the People and Planet podcast. My name is Alexandra Guerra, your host. And today I have an amazing guest and friend, Diego Saiskin. Hey, Diego. Hey, Alexandra, how are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, good. Um, how are you doing? There's the coronavirus, there's our companies. There's a lot going on in the world today. Yes, I am well. I am uh, trying to stay calm and peaceful and uh, with a clear mind. And uh, yeah, here hanging out in the forest. Yeah, where where is this forest? This they is, look like redwoods. Yeah, this is where I live in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, I have a cabin in the <clears throat> uh, uh, forest in California, and um, yeah, very fortunate to be surrounded by these ancient redwood trees. I'm in Florida. In this is my little jungle, but it's really not. It's I just see. <laughs> it's the backyard. Beautiful. Yeah. We get lots of birds, so hopefully um, they're not too distracting. I like to listen to them. This is where I meditate in the morning and I try to do my yoga, but sometimes Amazing. the mosquitoes get to me. Uh, so Beautiful. I'm really glad that you're here because you're probably number the second person that I told this podcast um, or told the idea about this podcast to and was really glad that you were enthusiastic to participate. Um, it's a great idea. Thank you. So a quick run through for people who are just listening in. Um, I have a company called Norids focused on climate change, and we have a podcast called Reversing Climate Change, and we focus on essentially the innovations and uh, entrepreneurs developing solutions to climate change was the intro, intro uh, music. And every time we have that podcast, I'm like, God, there's just more I want to talk to talk about. For example, Diego came onto our podcast in episode 104, which I highly recommend. And um, Lorraine Smith, who was the first guest on this uh, People and Planet podcast, told me it was one of her favorites. Um, and I, it was also probably one of my favorite episodes to do. Um, we first started talking about Diego's company, Pachama, um, using LiDAR and machine learning, all this techie stuff to solve uh, protecting forests in, um, across the world. And then we went into the more spiritual stuff, which I think was a little funny for my colleagues, Christoph and Ross, who were there. Then he essentially just became you and I talking um, about like Eckhart Tolle and the, the New Earth Awakening. And I've since realized that there's a lot that we need to do in terms of addressing who's like the underlying problem, like getting to the root of the problem, which isn't necessarily we need to address the symptoms of uh, this planetary crisis called climate change, which is like, oh, we're using dirty energy, yes, but why do we do that? And I think it's everything a, a layer deeper. Why are we deforesting? 
Um, maybe it's because we're not valuing the right things. Maybe it's because we're, and then why under that, right? In software, you have like the five whys from Lean Startup. So go why, 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 why? And my hypothesis is that we're just deeply hurting and don't really understand or are connected enough to um, Mother Earth and the environment in general to care enough about people and planet. And hopefully through sharing conversations uh, like on this podcast, we can address that. So uh, with that, maybe you yeah. tell us a little bit about your story, Diego, and, and introduce yourself to everybody. Sure. Um, I agree with that assessment. But yes, about myself, I, uh, I was born and raised in the north of Argentina. In, in an area with a lot of nature. It's, it's actually the last tip of the Amazon rainforest type of ecosystems. It's called a Yunga forest. Uh, so uh, grew up surrounded by that, that, that beautiful environment in the province of Tucumán. And, you know, after I finished school, I went into this, what I call an outward journey of uh, looking to... Uh, learn from the world and that led me to Europe where I did my master's then led me to the U.S. where I became an entrepreneur and where uh, in a way I entered into this uh, rat race of uh, becoming successful with my company and you know uh, what most people are doing in the West today which is just you know trying to be successful trying to to uh, do more and get more, right? Uh, and all that uh, ended up in a moment of personal crisis in which I was, you know, really questioning myself, uh, what am I doing? You know, I am just contributing to this uh, system that is destroying the planet, that is causing climate change, and that is making us all unhappy and unhealthy. Uh, and that led me to a... Uh, switch of direction on my searches and I decided to instead of uh, looking outwards start looking inward and that led me to reconnecting with uh, nature uh, and uh, did a trip with my brothers to the Amazon rainforest that was very enlightening uh, then I got into meditation got into uh, a lot of practices that could help me reconnect with a uh, deeper self and with the planet at large. And then from, from, from that journey uh, of, of introspection, I ended up uh, starting this new project called Pachama, which is a startup, it's a technology startup in which we are harnessing the latest technologies as you were mentioning at the beginning, but at the service of the healing and regeneration of our planet with the intention of helping solve climate change but even beyond that, protecting our living planet, the only home we know. And, um, and yes, I agree with you. When you uh, came uh, to me with this idea of making a podcast that is not just about uh, how to solve climate change, uh, which is a topic that I am very interested in. And I've been in other podcasts and other uh, conversations about how to use technology to solve climate change, how to you know, use entrepreneurial energy and Silicon Valley to at the service of, of fixing climate change. I also deeply believe that we have to work on the deeper causes of what got us into this problem in the first place. 
And climate change is just one of the problems that we will have to deal as a result of uh, living in this uh, system that has all this momentum uh, that is destroying the planet, disconnecting us with each other, and uh, and that if we continue in this direction, it's going to lead to collapse, unfortunately. And the deeper causes to me are what we spoke uh, many times, uh, the identification with with uh, the ego, uh, a, a very individualistic way of seeing uh, the world uh, as opposed to awakening to the true reality of the deep interconnectedness, the interbeingness between all humans and all living beings on the planet. And, uh, you know, the realization that we are all Mother Nature, we are all uh, planet Earth, we are, you know, uh, children of uh, planet Earth. And, and, and therefore, we should be acting, not uh, focus on, on on selfish uh, goals, but on how do we continue uh, caring and protecting uh, this planet for future generations. So yes, that's who I am and uh, answering what you mentioned. Yeah, this is, I love it that you bring this up because, so there's a couple things that I want to talk about. You talk about the ego, you talked about us being all planet earth um, and maybe in that whole, in those two things, um, I think it's very yin and yang. Like, yeah, we are individuals, but we're also not at all individuals. Um, so we're all one. And I'm trying to appreciate that a little more. But it's difficult. So, um, you know, you and I might be coming from a completely different perspective from other people. Uh, you and I are very similar and we're super ambitious. Like, you left home, I left home. Um, you, you know, studied abroad, you left Argentina, studied abroad, became an entrepreneur. I left Miami and I lived all over the U S became an entrepreneur, uh, work all the time, always wanting to achieve, achieve and achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, we have that similar archetype and then like, you know, realize that there was more to it. It wasn't all Mm -hmm. about the achievement or the monetary success or accolades, um, and that we needed to reconnect and protect this earth. So but then there's a bunch of other archetypes out there, right? A bunch of other people um, and priorities in life. And I, I often wonder, like, how do I, how do I help in getting, um, or like, well, not even me, because again, that's the ego, right? That's like me saying I can help people. But what is it that needs to be done in order for people who are really concerned about climate change and to uh, get involved or just like concerned about the planet to care when really they have like three kids, um, they have a job, they have like, this is like, so like, is it maybe just spending five minutes of meditation? Like it's, it's really difficult to, um, and maybe I'm asking too much from one podcast conversation. Um, but it's really difficult to like engage in these conversations for me, like with my grandparents, I'm with them now and my parents and my cousins and my aunts and uncles, and they all just have like different lives. And I think sometimes they, I say, Oh yeah, you know, I meditate in the morning and I do my yoga and I can see them looking at me like, you just have such a, like, a different <laughs> life. Mm. Um, and, yeah, because I have less ties. Um, but now I'm rambling. But this is what I'm trying to get to is that we need, I agree with you, we need to reconnect. Mm-hmm. So how do we allow everyone to reconnect without feeling like they have to take long sabbaticals like you did yeah. or you know, four weeks off like I did in December to reconnect? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
if you look at the majority of people in the West, the majority of people in, in the US, um, there is a lot of suffering. Uh, sometimes that suffering is, uh, uh, is anxiety, depression, is um, you know, disconnection, lack of purpose, lack of motivation. And, and mm-hmm. all, all those are, uh, many people are, are looking for, for answers. You know, unfortunately, this system, the answer to this, to these problems many times is, uh, you know, antidepressants or things like that, you know, and, and I think that the answers to how we are going to heal the planet are actually probably the same as the answer. How do we heal ourselves? Right. Yeah. Which, which, which is, you know, uh, reconnecting as you say uh with with who we truly are with our true nature and our true nature is interconnectedness is uh inner peace um and i am seeing uh a spread uh of all these wisdoms right we live in this incredible time in history in which through youtube through um so many other online platforms through podcast and through uh, the internet in general, we can have access to all these wisdoms. And I am seeing a, a, a spread of uh, the wisdom of the East, the wisdom of the indigenous people spreading more and more and reaching more and more people that resonate with, this, with these messages, that find answers and, and, and pointers on, 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 on where to look for, where to look for, for, for the path, right? Um, and yes, it's going to take time. Some people are going to be focused on, on, on short-term problems, but as you know, civilization continue facing these challenges and today we're facing coronavirus, uh, we are going to continue seeing in the coming decades that, uh, that the system that we are running, uh, both as a civilization and as, uh, as small, you know, uh, communities and ourselves, uh, are off track. Right. And, 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 and as these realities become evident, undeniable, we will inevitably have to find for answers. Right. And, and, and the answers are not going to be the same for everyone. Not everyone has to sit and meditate and do uh, a meditation retreat or, 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 or do sacred plants in the Amazon mm-hmm. or things like that. <laughs> but we all have to, yeah. to remember who we are. And, and, uh, and I think it's, it's happening. Um, Sometimes you know, it might feel like, like it's not because we look at the leaders that we have in, in countries like the U.S. and Brazil, and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem that we are uh, advancing consciousness. But I think it's a silent evolution that is actually happening. The question is whether that consciousness evolution spread is going to happen on time before we, uh, the system has so much momentum on the direction of yeah. collapse, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you're touching on a lot of things. Um, and I really want to highlight what you said is that the answer, the solution to healing our planet is healing ourselves mm-hmm. um, and um, changing fundamentally how we run as a civilization, as societies and a, and a global economy. And all these things have contributed to it, like capitalism, um, the desire for consumer goods, more and more electronics. Like I have so many, look, I have like a air, like, what is this? Like a mouse pad. I've got like 
the keyboard here and I've got like my phone there, like all these things, AirPods, and I'm using them, sure. Um, but what if instead of using them and thinking, okay, well, like I'm just going to um, like feed into it, like, okay, what if I use these things for good? And this is just an idea that sparked while listening to you talk, which is, well, we have podcasts, we have YouTube, we have this ability to talk on the phone, WhatsApp all the time. You and I share voice memos all the time. Um, and what if we actually use the thing that got us here in this yucky place to solve it and maybe scale back our consumption a little bit or a lot or like our need for more? And um, I just moved. I moved from Seattle to here. I was helping my cousin move um, very briefly uh, before we started recording this podcast. And there are things that we just throw away that to me, I'm like, I always hate moving. So I, it just forces me to look at the things that I have accumulated yeah. and never needed or used. And then I throw them away. And like, I know that this is valuable to someone else. And I wish that our system wasn't so linear where it was like, okay, now I have this drying rack. I'm not going to use it anymore. And like, it's too much effort for me to find someone who wants it. So I'm just going to throw it away and it's going to go to landfill. And it's, it, it blows my mind. So with that being said, and the desire for me more recently to bridge the gap between those two worlds. So if we're talking about linear, what I mean is, or let's just go this way. There's a place that you take resources from, um, you extract them, you, you do you process them, whatever you create something, you ship them and then they get consumed over here. Let's use uh, the perfect example of extracting from uh, South America, foods, goods, whatever, and then transporting over to the U S and then U.S. citizens consuming them here. Even if we could talk about like avocados or produce, like the waste, the, nutri the nutrients of that goes into our land. So we literally just kind of like vampires sucking out of certain land areas into other places. It's completely linear. Mm. Um, and even our exchange of information. And I think that along this entire path, there are people. And if these people started talking to each other, more and connecting back to the source then maybe they would realize that there are these internal like recycling i don't know this is literally the vision i had as you were talking yeah you're touching a few points that i, I think about first in terms of cons consumerism and, and consumption you know what's interesting is it turns out that it's being over and over uh, demonstrated by now, I think, and we can prove it in our own lives that material things don't make us happier, right? So uh, that was, you know, the, the if you look at the history of the US uh, after the second war, there was this kind of like national plan to revamp the economy. And that meant uh, telling people to consume and buy more things and change your car model every year and buy more appliances to your house. And then industrial designers had to design new appliances so that people could buy more stuff. And that was what was going to get the U.S. back on its feet and lead the world, right? And then everybody started copying the American model, right? The Japanese copied the American model, the Koreans did, Europeans, and South America. Everybody's just copying this model of yeah. uh, consumerism and production and extraction. And all the countries need to grow GDP. All the com companies need to grow revenue and shareholder value all the people need to grow their income and their net worth right that model if you at whatever rate of growth you ex extrapolate it into the future leads to collapse in a planetary system that has limited resources 
right? You cannot uh, sustain uh, linear extractive uh, models in a limited resource uh, container. That is just basic math. So right. um, <clears throat> unfortunately, that paradigm of, 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 con of, of consumption with an extractive model and of unlimited growth in which you are in a way outsourcing the cost, the environmental cost, not accounting for the for the for the for the environmental cost of all this all this all this production, it will lead to collapse, right? So at a systemic level, we need to redesign this because it's it's, it's definitely unsustainable. And at a personal level, we need to realize wait, buying another appliance, another electronic and another whatever, is not gonna make me happier, you know? So I think at a personal level, it has to start with the realization that minimalism is actually what leads to happiness. You know, the less things you have, the less complications in your life uh, and, and, and the, 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 the more happiness, actually. Um, so those are the type of uh, root causes, uh, causes that, that need to be thought about when we are thinking about solving climate change. It's not just how we're going to remove carbon from the atmosphere, which is important. Unfortunately, we will yeah. have to do it. But yeah. it's how do we stop running a system that is so, uh, you know, just unsustainable by design? But even, even that, even you talking about how do we, you know, do systematic change? How do we completely disrupt it, redesign it? That's overwhelming for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, what am I supposed to do with that like information? It's good insight. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. validating insight, but it's. I guess what my question is like, what are the things that we can do? Um, and maybe you've thought of this, maybe you haven't, and we can spitball here. But what are the things that we can do as individuals, mm -hmm. um, keeping in mind that indiv different individuals have different resources, abilities, and interests? Well, as I was saying, at the individual level, I think that we had to change our lifestyles. And, and I did a big shift of lifestyle myself on, well, first I became vegetarian, which for an Argentinian, taking meat from an Argentinian is like taking vodka from a Russian, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but I became a vegetarian. I'm a very happy vegetarian. I'm my, on my way to becoming a, a vegan as well. Um, I decided to become a minimalist and, and just buy the minimum uh, number of stuff, you know? Um, and you know, I, I switched to an electric car. So there's a lot of things, individual choices that we can make to, to reduce our impact and to not be part of a system that, 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 that we don't believe in, right? Uh, second of, and in doing so, I think we, 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 we show example. And, and you know, I'm, I'm seeing some friends and family around me who are, you know, seeing the way that uh, me and my brothers, you know, are, changing our lifestyles and they get inspired and then they, 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 they follow. Right. So I think that that's one of the things that, that I think is important to do at an individual level and then just talk about this and, uh, influence whatever, uh, our, our, our place in the world is, we can influence, uh, the way that things get designed and, and the way that, that, that civilization gets designed. I think, you know, as entrepreneurs in, in, in the technology world, that's a, a big place to influence. But if you are in politics, if you are in in education, if you are in any sort of uh, a subsystem of the system of civilization, you can help influence things on the direction of a regenerative circular 
system for the planet. Yeah. So for people who are listening who are not in like the corporate space, so Diego and I like go to the same conferences and like pitch to the same customers sometimes. Um, who, and the terms regenerative and circular are something that are used to describe, uh, you know, changing your supply chain. Like, you know, if you're a big corporation like, I don't know, Amazon or, or Microsoft, like where are you buying raw materials from, where are you producing, and then how do you turn this really linear system into more circular and regenerative um, so that you reduce on waste, reduce your impact, maybe have a positive impact. So just for reference for others, um, but even a layer deeper than that, Diego, I'm wondering, let's go back to what you said in the beginning, which was in order to heal our planet, we have to heal ourselves. What are the things that we can do to heal ourselves? Yeah, I, I mentioned before to you this, uh, this writer, Joanna Macy, uh, mm -hmm. who is a Buddhist teacher, an eco-philosopher, um, and just a very deep thinker on what she calls the, the great turning, uh, which is an idea that I love, which is that we might be in this, you know, we, we are in these very uncertain times in which, uh, you know, very difficult to know what, what will happen. There's a big likelihood that if we continue like we are, we will, you know, uh, civilization could collapse and there could be a lot of suffering. Uh, but at the same time, we are in this in a moment in which we could do a great turning and and build a more enlightened uh, civilization, right? And there's, she has several books that I highly recommend. There is one called Active Hope, which is about how to think about this environmental and climate crisis that we're living. Um, and she talks about this moving beyond the identification with your skin-bounded ego, believing that I am Diego and moving into a more expanded view of yourself, see yourself as part of an interconnected humanity, see yourself as part of planet Earth, of mother nature, mm -hmm. right? And when we start identifying ourselves with that expanded uh, identity, we start also uh acting differently and being part of the solution you know um yeah. i think that that is kind of like the spiritual uh sort of like shift that that needs to happen and and it's what all the philosophies and spiritualities of ancient civilizations point towards right the fact that who we are is not who we think we are you know who yeah. we are is actually something a lot wider yeah, this is, uh, sounds real, this, Joanna Mesa, have you said her name is? Yes. Um, it sounds really similar to the New Earth Awakening book written by Eckhart Tolle, which was what I mentioned on that podcast that you and I were talking about. Um, Eckhart Tolle also wrote The Power of Now, which talks about being present, but New Earth Awakening is different where it, it touches more on what you're discussing now, which is um, we are at a new point um, in our evolution as a species to to change, to kind of adapt yeah. or die. And that change, what it looks like is kind of maybe dissolving the ego a little bit by recognizing that, yeah, we are all one. Mm -hmm. These boundaries, these distances are illusionary. Yeah. Um, this is my twist on, on it. He doesn't exactly say this, um, but he does say like, 
our ego are the things that we identify with. I'm a founder, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm Cuban, I live in Miami, and mm -hmm. you know, I lived all over the US, da, da, da. I like to travel. Those are just like these labels. Yeah. That's not really who I am. Who I am is like the being, the awareness of the thoughts. And I can have a thought, but I'm not, I don't have to identify mm -hmm. that with that thought. Um, so it sounds very, very similar. Yeah. Um, but that takes a lot. And like, I've tried to share uh, the New Earth Awakening with like some friends and family members. And they're like, I can't, it's too much. It's too slow. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I get it. Like it almost takes like, cause I've heard things like this before. I've heard, yeah. for example, I heard Wayne Dyer talk on April, uh, Oprah's podcast in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the super soul conversations. And he's talking about Taoism, the Tao Te Ching. And, mm -hmm. and I was just like, Oh my God. And I loved that podcast. I would listen to it all the time, every episode and loved it. And I remember listening to Wayne Dyer and he talks about how the words I am are super important because I am is the sound of, is the name of God. Like when Moses asked God, what is your name or what is your name? He goes, I am that I am. And so when you say the words, I am, it's a mantra that is very similar that, that says you are God and whatever follows that you have to be very careful with. Right. So if you say, I am sad. You are essentially calling your power to say you are sad. And it's like this thing. You don't want to do that. Um, but anyways, now I understand that mm. when I first listened to him on that podcast, I was so like, ugh, I, I listened to maybe half of it and mm. I couldn't. So even when I share like, but now I'm at a different point, I can listen to Wayne Dyer and I go through Wayne Dyer stuff all the time. I'm going through so many books with Taoism, the Tao Te Ching, him describing it and really resonating with me. Yeah. But like, maybe like there's something in between or maybe it's just don't force it. Just let people get to yeah. get to the point when they can listen to Eckhart Tolle and, and understand and feel like it's useful. Yeah, I think we all go through our personal journeys, and sometimes we have to go through uh, through periods of of confusion and and losing track. You know, I, I told you my my personal story, and I I did go into this direction of of, of uh, confusion. I was not only uh, uh, you know, a consumer on the consumer society was a producer on the consumer's uh, machine, right? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and 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 I think you had to, you know, from a from a depth psychology perspective, you had to go through your own hero's journey um, and through your own moments of darkness, and 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 that's how you, at some point, have a crash. That hopefully after that crash, you find uh, your true path, right? So each person has a different process, a different journey, different stages. Um, and I think that the way that we can support each other in community is just by, by being the, the, the mentors of each other along the journey. And when someone, you know, is needing that help, you know, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm using the archetype of the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell, right. On, on, on this idea that, that has the mentors and the, and the helpers along the way, we, we can be, you know, I had a lot of mentors and helpers along my journey and we can be the mentors and helpers of others. Right. So we are all in a way walking each other towards that, that path of light, that path of true North, that path of purpose, that path of reconnection with, uh, with, with, with connecting to that, that, that awakening that we're talking about. But each person, we have to respect that each person is, is on, the, on their own, on their own stage, you know. 
Thanks for reminding me of that. I think I knew that, but I like sometimes you just get so caught up. Like I can listen to a friend and I'm sure my parents, I for sure know that people have listened to me and been like, I really have the answer for you if you just did this thing. And then I really appreciate that they don't tell me that they just let me figure it out on my own. Yeah. Because um, that's just how it is. I guess that's how it'll be when uh, yeah. when everybody like becomes a parent. It's like, yeah, my kid is going to fall. My, my kid is going to do something. Um, but I just got to let them learn that lesson yeah. for themselves. Now, one thing I had to say is that if you look at uh, almost all ancient societies, especially nature-based societies, which was the, the norm for, for the majority of human history, had these rites of passage, as they call them, right? So uh, the youth, uh, when they were going to become adults, Generally, the elders uh, and the adults will take the youth into this uh, rite of initiation or rite of passage in which they had to go through an ordeal or some form of uh, mm -hmm. time in nature alone and, and, and this type of, you know, uh, uh, ceremonial uh, ways of reconnecting with or, or connecting with your true call, with your true uh, 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 purpose. And then the youth will come back to the village uh, with clarity about what their place in the community was. We don't have that, right? Our rites of passage in the, in the modern Western society are going to spring break, spring break trips to Cancun, right? <laughs> Things like that. Oh. So, so unfortunately we are in a society that forgot the importance of, uh, of walking uh, people towards the, the, the path of becoming true adult, adults, right? And we had to we had to come up with new ways of doing that. We had to self-administer our rites of passage uh, to reconnecting with, with with our true purpose, um, and we had to help others along the way. Um, but it is true that this is this is part of the problems of our society as well, right? That we, in this in this individualistic uh, industrial uh, society we 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 built, we we lost this this type of uh, uh tools let's say i think i think it's because of what i was describing earlier which is that linear process which is we're so f like in the u.s we're so far removed from where things come from mm. and um we're also very individual like mm. and independent mm. um even in communities that are tight for example i was I had to ask my cousin five times, like, do you need help? Do you need help moving? She's moving out of her house today. Mm. And like, she just kept brushing me off until last minute last night. She's like, oh yeah, can you come in the morning? And I said, yeah, I'll come help you. And like, this is my ride or die. Like, this is my best friend, my prima, like we've grown up mm. and we do everything yeah. together. Um, and so, whereas like, I, I am, I'm sure, cause I've traveled a lot. Like you, I can go to other places and see the strength of community be really deep where it's like, it's not even a thing. Like, here in the U.S., it's so strange. Like to ask a friend to help you move or ask your friend to do you a favor. It's like, oh, it's such a burden. Well, I don't want to be a burden. Mm. I don't know how many times I have conversations with friends about how they don't want to feel like a burden to me. And I'm like, you're not a – what is this? Like when did like our friendship become like conditional on you making me always happy? Like we're not always – it's like a relationship, yeah. right? communities and friendships are are built off of relationships and relationships aren't always going to be perfect yeah but like you do it like you're like okay this is a relationship i want to keep 
And maybe the problem is too, that we're too disposable with our relationships. We're too disposable, like with like who we let in, who we let out, um, like online dating, all, all, all the things. It's just, yeah, I, I need because i'm gonna get on a rant of negativity but <laughs> well you know i you know taking on that point i do think that the new earth that we want to build will be a lot more focused on communities um and and, and local communities that help each other out right which is a way that civilization that that humanity was for millions of years uh, hundreds of thousands of years we lived in in villages in small communities identify with with these communities and then you know these uh Again, modern industrial society alienated us, made us you know, just part of these, you know, very large um, containers that are, you know, the, the, the state, the states and the countries and big cities, and you know, tiny apartments in huge buildings. And uh, another thing that you know, uh, uh, Yuval Harari talks in his book *Sapiens* uh, is this: uh, the idea of each children having their own room is something that started in the U.S. Right and it wasn't the case. I grew up in Argentina sharing room with my two brothers, right? Until we were teenagers and when we left home, right? Uh, uh, here in the U.S. is so common that each each kid has a room, right? And then, you know, since you're a child, you are, okay, this is my space. I'm an individual. I'm disconnected from, even from my family, right? And you, you, uh, you, you hid yourself in your room, right? So that has led us to this too, to this uh, isolation, um depression because we feel disconnected um and and lack of lack of com of true community and unfortunately in the face of these challenges such as coronavirus and climate change and natural disasters community um is and solidarity and community is what actually give us resilience and keep us together in front of you know these these challenges so we going to have to kind of learn that again it probably is going to have to be the hard way as we face this crisis but in in the in the new civilization that we hope to help build communities are going to be a big part i believe hmm. there's a lot of truth to what you just said and the question that comes to mind is like okay well what does that look like I mean, because, and it's, everything's a long road, right? Like nothing can be solved overnight. So this is obvious. Mm -hmm. We're not children. Um, but like, what are the things, you know, maybe reverse engineering? How do we, how do we get to that point where um, people aren't so individualistic or look mm -hmm. out for themselves? Like it's, it's strange. Like in different places, people have different um, affinities or mm -hmm. desires to like even say hello. I've been in Seattle for two and a half years. I just moved back to Miami and people in Seattle, like if I'm running or going for a walk, which I do every day, mm -hmm. they'll like look at me. And, okay. mm -hmm. They'll like look at me as the, that's how they acknowledge I'm there. Mm -hmm. And even coming back to Miami, which is a lot more Latin. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, we've got Brazilians and Dominicans and yeah. Cubans and Peruvians, everything. We got everything. Mm -hmm. Argentinians. Yeah. Um, and I, I go for walks every night. And as soon as someone's up, hey, hi. And I'm like, hi <laughs> like I even forgot because yeah. I haven't lived here really in 12 years but like yeah hi uh we can sit and we, we can we can talk yeah um and, and I just wonder like I don't know like how do we get there maybe it's just that we keep talking about it and doing our part and like yeah. spreading the, and the joy of talking to each other yes and it's up for our generation as well that are starting to decide how we want to live the rest of our lives to making choices 
based on, on on these new ideas and these new paradigms, right? Uh, so again, the the paradigm of the baby boomers uh, that returned from 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 war and their children was, you know, the the individual uh, house on the suburbs, right? And, and like this very individualistic way of uh, looking at, at, you know, the cut, uh, the, the, you know, yeah, suburban American life, right? And maybe it, we have to start building different types of communities, you know, and in which I'm seeing more and more here in California, people that, that several families move together into one property and maybe have several houses, and then it's, 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 it's almost like a community or like a collective living, right? There's a lot of collective living here in the Bay Area, uh, sometimes even in houses in, in San Francisco or, or collectives of houses in, in, a, in a forest area like, like here in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Uh, I have many friends who are exploring these ideas of like, hey, let's just live together, you know, several couples, several families. Um, and uh there is a, actually a whole movement of eco-villages and uh, regenerative communities around the world that are thinking new ways of living, right? Moving beyond the idea of the nuclear family into ideas of communities. Community. Um, in, in the Nordic countries as well, in Norway, I think they have these, these collective houses in which people take turns to take care of the kids, and the, the, elderly, the elderly, you know, like the grandparents take care of the, of the children. And uh, they they cook together. Um, uh, they many many communities in which there are vegetable gardens in which food is shared. We will need to move to more uh, to, to to have more resilience in front of uh, the crisis that might come uh, in front of us. We'll have to also have ways of producing, be more self reliant. You know, produce our own food, producing our, our own electricity. And and this these communities is a way to do it. That not single family can be able to produce everything they need, but a community actually can produce, you know, food and and energy and 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 all the totally. things that they need. You know, and and we're seeing here, for example, in California, there were a lot of uh, blackouts. You know, with PG&E in the center of technology and the future of humanity, supposedly Silicon Valley, uh, we saw the lack of resilience of the electric grid. Right, so. As climate change continues uh, manifesting in, in, in natural disasters and in situations like that, having resilience, community living is going to become more and more uh, uh, a reality and a possibility or, or a necessity, actually. I love to hear that. I have heard um, a lot of friends wanting to um, live in like communal houses. Mm -hmm. um, and then like you also have like permaculture communities Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone in Peru the other day about how they have one outside of Iquitos, um, which is, yeah, I want to, I agree. This is really important yeah, to me. And, <laughs> and, you know, we were talking before about, cons you know, consumption and buying, you know, things, uh, you know, so here where I live in the Santa Cruz mountains, we are building a community that is just, you know, six or seven houses and, and we're going to grow it to more houses of people who are, you know, all friends with each other. And we say, Hey, I have a chainsaw if you need a chainsaw, don't buy one, just ask for mine. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and I have this other thing and, and we're like, you know, just trying to share resources, you know, because that's the way to not have to buy so many stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And what's so funny is like, this is not new. Right. Right. Like this is like us relearning. Like we, we got so far where that's how we always were like society, our parents, our grandparents, and then we got so far into this individual, I can consume, I can, I can fend for myself. Blah, blah, blah. 
And then all this waste happens, all this degradation, all this extraction, all this separation, all this loneliness. Mm -hmm. It's not just about us being consumers and wasting and wasting money and wasting like, and, and feeling like we're going to be satisfied by something we'll never be satisfied because material will never satisfy you. It's also about how freaking lonely are you? Like when we have communities who don't care for the elderly and like, we're all going to get old God willing, you know, like, wouldn't you want to feel like you could not, not feel like a burden to, to someone? Like I'm living with my grandparents right now. They're 80 and 83 and it's awesome. Like I, I had a lot of uh, visions of them when I went on this trip back in December. And I'm like, you know, I really, I felt called to like come and stay with them for a time. Um, and I think it's just wonderful. And actually they take care of me so much. It's kind of living the life, but um, yeah, it's lonely. Um, and we're just relearning things. And I'm glad that I get to live with them because they're teaching me things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm realizing, Oh yeah. Like you grew up in Cuba. Like you grew up um, doing things, in a completely different way. Like my grandma, whenever the toothpaste is out, she cuts the end of it and then like scoops out the toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we used to do that in Argentina. So, yeah. Just pretending like we're coming up with new solutions, but we're not. Although this permaculture and eco living communities sounds pretty cool. So we've talked about a lot of things. Um, I love this, that we started off talking about individual healing and now talking about how we can heal together. Mm. Um, uh, Before we go, Diego, what are some of the things that you think about a lot in this, in this theme that you wish you could see more of? Yeah. I mean, everything we've been talking about, I, I, I do think a lot about systemic uh thinking applied to to this and and there's not going to be an individual solution a, a one solution you know we, we we love to have a uh, silver bullet and and like the, the solution to climate change the solution to coronavirus it's not like that you know it's there's going to yeah. be a lot of different things that we're going to have to do and yes most importantly is uh to start from within uh, finding peace on yourself, uh, integrating your own self, so that from there you can you can start expanding uh, uh, that into the world, and uh, and then you know system thinking uh, applied to uh, to how we redesign civilization for the 22nd century, so that uh, next generations can inherit this beautiful jewel of planet Earth. And uh, not only humanity, but all the non-human species that live in this planet that have been around for uh, thousands of years, for millions of years, like these trees, you know, that are from the Paleolithic. How do we keep this beautiful jewel uh, evolving? Um, That's some of the things that I think a lot about. Yeah. And of course, in reality, I think a lot about how, how are you going to make my company successful? How are you going to make it work? And in this case, mm-hmm. you know, when you find alignment between uh, what you do with this higher purpose of regenerating the planet, it's, it's great because, you know, just by, by working very hard on your, on your very focused uh, part of your contribution, then you're, you're contributing to a larger, uh, larger cause. Well, thank you so much, Diego. Thank you, thank you for coming and joining me on the podcast. 
I hope you come back again soon so we can riff off of some of the I things. enjoy it. It's, uh, <clears throat> these are conversations that we have in private, so it's cool to, to yeah. <laughs> open source it and to, to share yeah. this with, with other people that might, might be interested in our ramblings. And I do uh, uh, think it's a great idea what we spoke before of opening up for more diverse voices, right? We need, you know, I, I, I sent you a few South American shamans that we could invite here to your podcast and, uh, you know, artists, storytellers, teachers, healers, and, and we need to, to bring those voices uh, into, into this conversation. So keep it up Wait, and, yeah. and thank you for inviting thank me. Thank you. We'll do that. Okay. Um, and for anybody else, um, if you have suggestions on people that you would love to see on the podcast, you can write an email to peopleplanetpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. So peopleplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Um, thanks and talk to you next time.